is a drifting on memories podcast show um i am in southgate um i am actually at uh, one of the well-known stores in la county in southern california and probably throughout the world i'm at greenspans so uh it's really a pleasure to be here it's really you know an honor to be able to sit down with my guest um and before we get started with Evan Greenspan, um, I did want to uh, shout out everybody who's been, uh, you know, been listening and sending comments and buying, you know, the T-shirts and really representing uh, the uh, the podcast and everything it's about. Um, I'm glad that people are enjoying it. Um, you know, please uh, spread the word about it and or continue to spread the word about it. And um, yeah, and we're going to have a lot of good stuff coming up, some events. Um, and so just, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. Um, some more merchandising coming out. Um, yeah, just a lot of cool stuff coming in. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, I really do appreciate everyone's kind words about it. And uh, yeah, so we're hoping to get the uh, the website going and uh, the shirts are going. Um yeah, so a lot of really good stuff coming in. Uh, I want to thank the team again, the uh, Drifting on Memories team, and uh, the projects that are coming up. So again, it really is you know um, humbling for me to hear everybody who's listening, to hear everybody who's uh, you know uh, down with the show. So I really do appreciate that um, from the bottom of my heart. And so we get started with Evan. How are you doing, Evan? Oh, fine this morning. Glad to be included in this podcast. Awesome. Thank you. For doing it. Yeah. Thank you for doing it so much. I really appreciate your time, uh, what you've been doing. Um, so I kind of wanted to start about like my quick perception of what I think Greenspans is about. Okay. Uh, all right. So a lot I, of different views from a lot of different perspectives because we're so many things to different people, really. Yeah. And for me, it's, it seems like you know, even in this day and age, um, where we talk about by local, by family owned, by small business, you mm -hmm. know, for me, it really is that the small business, uh, but something that's, that stood the test of time almost, you mm -hmm. know? So as far as I know, you're in your 93rd year, 94th year, 94th year. That is a milestone. <laughs> it is since 1928, where the f oldest family owned and operated, clothing store west of texas is that right okay mm -hmm. see yeah and so see i didn't know that stuff and that's what i that's what i figured you would share with me you know 
Yeah. Okay. We've uh, been around. We've been through earthquakes and floods and depressions and riots and uh, uh, racism and uh, lots of uh, obstacles, uh, uh, pandemics. Yeah. Uh, but we've overcome and we've listened to our customers and taken care of what they needed. Yeah. 90 plus years, I, I would think, yeah, you would see some shit, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Good way to put it. I've been coming in here since, you know, since I can remember as a teenager, um, I would feel there was a certain time um, in my adult life that I walked in and I saw all three or, or three generations of Greenspans. But now you're saying there's four generations, actually. Right. But before I get into that, it was it was I almost wanted to take a picture of it at the time. You know, it was uh -huh. you, your son and your father. Wow. OK. Yeah. And yeah. I felt like, wow, that's that's really nice you know like i don't mm -hmm. know i felt really like okay this is what the story is about and i think that's when it hit me like this is what the story is about so tell me you said it's actually four generations yes uh my father's parents opened up the store in 1928 mm -hmm. um, my father was born in 1926 mm -hmm. and uh, it started off in uh, watts uh on 103rd street and uh, uh, my grandparents ran the store there. A uh, few uh, years after it opened, the Depression hit. And the 1930s was all Great Depression, and they survived, and cooperating with the other businesses there in, in Watts. They would uh, barter for uh, what they needed. They'd give people clothing for gas and... Uh, uh, and uh, gave clothes to the handyman, and he'd uh, do work for them, uh, give clothes to a restaurant, and and they can just come in after work, and uh, even if they were closed, and uh, get a, a hot meal. Mm -hmm. And in those days, the store was open from uh, uh, 9 in the morning to 9 at night, uh, half day on Sunday. Wow, so seven days a week. Seven days a week, okay. and... Uh, uh, and they they hustled and they they survived and it was my grandmother who was the business brains uh, of the uh, company Eva Greenspan. Good. Okay. <laughs> she was the 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 person uh, who was forward thinking and uh, uh, kept the business on a business end uh, continuing forward. Uh, my grandfather uh, could be a sale, was a good salesman. Uh, he was a good carpenter. He uh, actually rebuilt the store himself after the 30, 1933 earthquake uh, destroyed it. Uh, 1933 Long Beach earthquake and he rebuilt it by hand and he built the cabinets and he uh, uh, planned ads that, that we did, and uh, and uh, my grandmother was the uh, more the manager uh, pushing things forward. And we were a junior department store at that time, which was something very common so in that, each community. That's how it started, a junior department store. Junior department store, yeah. <clears throat> and the original store was in Watts. In Watts. Okay. 103rd Street. Uh, and uh, uh, we would sell... Uh, Yardage, uh, women's clothing, uh, 
men's clothing, uh, children's clothing, uh, uh, and uh, for a little while, uh, appliances. So you, <laughs> Greenspan, sold appliances at yes. one point. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. uh, a little picture of... Uh, of the uh, appliance uh, part of it. Uh, and uh, each of the family members uh, were all, uh, uh, my grandparents' generation uh, were immigrants. Yeah, I was going to ask you if your grandparents were immigrants. Did they immigrant to this, uh, to this country and to, into California? He, he, well, they immigrated uh, from Eastern Europe, uh, Poland, Russia borders, some of their... Uh, uh, certificates say Poland, some of the uh, certificates say Russia, mm -hmm. depends upon what year it was, mm -hmm. uh, back uh, yeah. around the uh, 1900s, early, beginning of the 1900s, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, they immigrated to Canada, okay, to uh, uh, Toronto, and some of my great aunts were born there. Yeah. And my uh, grandparents were the first to come to California. Okay. About 1920. And one by one, they started uh, bringing their uh, relatives, uh, relatives okay. Okay. to Los Angeles. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And they opened up a hot dog stand across from Tom Mick's studio in a community uh, uh, known as Edendale at the time, which is now part of Echo Park. A hot dog stand in Echo Park. Yes. That was and that's that was what um, your your grandparents' family. Uh, that was my uh, grandparents' family, my okay. father's uh, okay. parents, and uh, they brought uh, grandparents too because uh, they had a uh, a grandfather was uh, ill and couldn't survive another Canadian winter, so they came basically to Los Angeles uh, for. A, for their health. When did when did they move from Watts, and is that when your father took over the store? Uh, my father opened up uh, the Southgate store when he was in junior high. Okay. He had a 62-year-old man working for him uh, while he was going to junior high. Okay, so your your dad opened up the Southgate store where we're where we're at now, the same location. Yeah. Okay. So we had two stores in Watts and Southgate back in the late 30s. Uh, Greenspan had two stores. At, in the 1940s, yes. And actually, for uh, a second, there was a store in Huntington Park, too. Okay. But okay. the rents at the were same too time? high. At the same time, Evan? At the same time, early So three 40s. stores. Greenspan had three stores at one, at one point. See, this is a history I've never known about, you know, and I don't know if I've read it in articles, but I've never known any, any about this, you know, anything about like three, three stores. And your dad opened up this Southgate store when he was in junior high. In junior okay. high. Cause, cause your grandparents were kind of running all three, but he was, this one was kind of designated to him. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were in uh, uh, Watts, uh, which was a thriving business community at that time. Okay. And Watts was a thriving business community. Yes, <laughs> what year? Was. What year was this? Uh, well, 19, Roughly, when they bought the property in nineteen twenty-eight, it had the second most walking traffic of any business area in L.A. County, uh, second to Alvarado. Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, it was a, uh, uh, a driving the business community. It was the halfway point on the express line between Long Beach 
and downtown LA uh, and uh, the red line. Yeah. And uh, it had people who worked during the depression because they were uh, plumbers and electricians. Okay. And when stockbrokers and insurance agents were losing their jobs, uh, the blue-collar workers were necessary and kept working and were okay. able to uh, support our business. So at that time, let's say your dad opened up the Southgate store, mm-hmm. what, roughly early 60s, you said? Uh, no, we we're talking 1939. We're still talking... Wow. Okay. Yeah, see, I... Even for myself, it's hard to kind of go back that far (laughs) to even think about it that far. Um, At that time, you said it was a junior department store. Um, Was it still kind of following that same that same um, makeup where it was like men and women and and children's clothes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was a relative running each department. And there was a relative. Okay. Wow. Okay. So Southgate at that time. Um, what did your father say it was like at that time for Southgate? Well, Southgate uh, was a developing community. Uh, its initial uh, 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 charter uh, for housing de- housing development called Home Gardens uh, said uh, that it was a restricted community, uh, which was code that said not only may blacks not move in here or Latino or uh, Asian, uh, but uh, Jews may not own a house here. Okay, so shit, that's heavy. Restricted. Restricted community. And that meant basically, I'm just recapping what you just said, that basically meant no blacks, no Latinos, and no Jewish. Right. Okay. How, so I can imagine that was tough on your family since it's a Jewish com- uh, business. Yes. So, yeah. So we, So when you we, say you, we, you've lived through racism, you literally yeah, meant so, that. So uh, my uh, uh, father's baby uh, brother uh, uh, in 1940 was uh, uh, attacked and harassed by... Uh, uh, Nazi kids in in 1940 behind the store they had a, a swastika uh, in uh, ink uh, uh, on their hand mm-hmm. uh, that they pressed onto his cheek uh, like, an, uh, like a stamp mm-hmm. and stamped him with a swastika mm-hmm. and that was your, your uncle, was the uncle. Young, your youngest of them so there was a lot of racism it was uh, in entirely an Anglo community uh, but my father uh, uh, made inroads with individuals and uh, uh, offered them selection and prices that others in the community uh, didn't and uh, that still young kids would uh, walk by the store uh, and yell juice store and and run off because here at Southgate, which is you know predominantly Latino community, and it has been since since I've known it, you know mm-hmm. forever since I've known it for my life, right, but you're saying in those days 
your store was persecuted because it was a Jewish owned store and it was, you know, kids would walk. That's terrible to, to even hear that. But what what were some of the things that they would do, you know, to um, to target your store? Well, basically, they uh, if they were anti-Semitic, if they were uh, felt that they sh- should only uh, uh, shop in uh, Anglo stores, then they would not patronize us. Mm-hmm. That was basically it. Okay. Uh, there was very, you know, little, uh, you know, infrequent harassment. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it was mostly just uh, 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 shopping at the uh, uh, more acceptable uh, store that wasn't Jewish. Okay. All right, let's fast forward a little bit, Evan. Okay. What came first? And I, I just thought of this. What came first, the Pendleton or the Chicanos? And okay. and I say that because, let me explain, um, because, you know, your selection of Pendletons, your, you know, everybody knows, oh, you're looking for a Pendleton, go to Greenspan's. You know, you're, you got a special event coming up, you need a Pendleton, go to Greenspan, because for sure they're going to have a crazy selection of Pendletons and you're going to find the ones you want, the gangster looking Pendletons. So I, and I say that was how did maybe, maybe my question is how did, um, Southgate shape your store or did you kind of shape the Southgate were able to, and, and neighboring neighborhoods, um, to kind of provide this, this dress for, for them. Well, or this style for them, right? Southgate didn't, shape us we stayed our course and were true to what our customers wanted in spite of Southgate Uh, and even today in a primarily uh, Latino uh, Southgate I would say half our customers travel over uh, five miles to shop with us uh, we just had uh, customers this morning, it's early in the morning, uh, who came to us uh, from Fresno mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to shop with yeah, us. Yeah, I saw the family coming in. Yeah, I saw the family coming in, and I and I want to say this to the listeners. It was young, you know, youngsters that came in with their, their family, but um, but you can tell they appreciate the culture, and they appreciate the aesthetics of it, and... And I kind of and I want to get into it with you too, Evan. About you know what it what is is it cholo attire? You know, is it cholo dress? Is that what they what what they labeled it? Um, and if you see it that way, you know. Um, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit because I I did want to get some of the background and the history of especially of of your um, your um, your culture ethnicity. But I I do want to I do want to get into this too about like the Pendleton the cholo look. And then also, like, it, it is really nice to see a family come in from so far that really appreciate. I mean, this little boy that came in looked maybe about 12, 13 years old with a nice, clean white shirt, nice creased dickies, a nice dongo hat. And I really can tell right away, like, OK, these people understand what Greenspan means to our culture and also can really appreciate it where it looks so nice. Mm-hmm. Again, what do you did? Did it happen accidentally that where you're like, you know what, we're probably the number one store that provides Pendleton's, Dickies, Ben's, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. You know, did it happen? How did that even happen? I guess the question okay. is. Okay. Uh, being in a uh, 
a Anglo town that wasn't open to diversity, uh, we took care of the people who were not being taken care of. Uh, when it was Anglo and there were bikers uh, down on the corner hanging out, we would take care of them when no other store would in the 1950s. Uh, in the 1960s, when there was a counterculture going on, uh, we took care of people that weren't being taken care of. Back to the 50s and 60s, there was a cruising community uh, which had a lot of different uh, kinds. It was, you know, hot rod, it was uh, rat rod, it was low rider. And all of these people liked certain styles. And my father was king of of that style, the, the Sir Guys, the Levi's, the, the Corduroy's, uh, the Hush Puppies. Uh, and... Uh, then uh, Latinos started moving into uh, uh, Southgate, and uh, the, we were the only store that Latinos uh, could uh, shop in uh, without being made to feel uncomfortable. And where did that come from? Where did that like? Where did that thinking from your father come from? Like, you know what, I'm going to okay. serve. Was it something that maybe personal that maybe he remembered being persecuted? And where did no. that even come? Where, where does somebody as a business owner say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to take care of the people that nobody wants to take care of. I'm going to. Right. My, my grandfather started it. Uh, our original store was in a tough community. Uh, Watts and my father, my grandfather's words where we will treat everyone that comes into our store like a lady and a gentleman unless they do something inside the store that proves they don't deserve to be treated that way. Nice, nice. And everything else is just from that. So if somebody was um, black, somebody was uh, Latino, uh, and they weren't being treated respectfully in other stores, we would treat them respectfully until they did something inside the store that proves they didn't deserve to be treated that yeah. way. Good. Okay. So you give everybody the yes. the the welcoming, the benefit yes. of, the, of the doubt and stuff. Yes. And I kind of almost feel like today it's it's Greenspan and and maybe you, you know, you don't know this or or don't even need to, but I almost feel like for our culture, for my culture, mm -hmm. it's almost like it's almost like sacred ground coming in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like sacred ground. Like it's one of the places that people will stand up for. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I don't know, like, you know, I mean, thinking about it now and hearing about your family, I can, I don't know that they ever imagined a place that their name would be considered to uh, a people as sacred ground, as something we protect. We, you know, we, I mean, it's a, it's an event coming here to be honest, you know, the times I've been here, I posted about it. I, you take pictures of the sign, like, and I see it when it coming in, like from other people, I feel mm -hmm. it, you know? And like you said, you know, you get orders probably from Japan, from all over the world from, and you get, you know, this morning, this family came in from Fresno made, you know, I, I got a friend up North, uh, in, uh, um, Hayward, um, um, who does uh, low riding worldwide. Um, and and he comes out every time when you know when he's in Southern California he stops in and and uh, checks in with Greenspan and 
and yeah, so I mean, what a what a milestone! What a you know what a what it is event. humbling, and but we always stay true to ourselves, and we always stay true to our ethic, and we're just glad that people recognize that. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Okay, so now comes in the heavy hitting you know latino culture chicano culture gang attire and now we see it in movies are coming out Mm -hmm. videos are coming out tv shows and i know you have a huge list of everything that you've provided Mm. wardrobe for right like music videos and i know like hundreds of movies hundreds of movies the big ones right for us at least blood in blood out american me right um did you guys do early stuff like for boulevard nights we did okay what was that like and how's the approach? Because I'm interested to know, like, how do they come to Greenspan and why do they come to Greenspan? Why do they say? Okay. Um, usually, well, uh, this is a different culture, but I'll, I'll tell you how this movie went and it's sort of similar to other movies. Uh, uh, Boys in the Hood. Uh, Ice Cube was a customer of ours. Uh, uh, they were doing the movie and the wardrobe people were saying hey we can't find these 27 items anywhere in 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 hollywood uh where can we go and uh ice cube uh, said go to greenspans and they said greenspans where's that uh, it's in southgate and they said where's that So a lot yeah. of times, it, yeah, and they, and I bet they showed up, and you're like, yeah, I got, I got like plenty of those, which, <laughs> yeah, right. So and we did yeah. have, we, within 24 hours, we had every 20, everything they needed, everything yeah. they needed on that list. We had 22 <laughs> on the spot, yeah, yeah, and needed to pick up uh, the five others. Hey, Evan. So how do you feel when people say or write about it, or media says, oh, that's cholo, it's cholo gang attire, it's. It's neighborhood attire. It's a negative. It's a negative view on on what you're providing. My father was butting heads with the uh, city of Southgate uh, in the 1990s, uh, and uh, a city official said, uh, "So you sell gangster clothes?" And my father said to him, "I don't know what kind of people your grandfather and uncles were, but we're selling exactly the same." style clothes that they wore. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that this is classic style clothing. That's what we sell. I was having a conversation before I came in with a good friend of mine, Eric, and and we've been kind of going back and forth of the, the look, the dress. And I told him, I said, um, we, we kind of came to an agreement that it is, it is a cholo aesthetic a cholo style regardless you know we try to say which i try to encapsulate it and say it's a chicano but chicano is so broad mm-hmm. so we came down to that and i think i had a hard time calling it that because because of the stereotypes right mm, okay um but i did finally say no you know what let's call it for let me call it for what it is and be okay with that however my my point is this though i i felt that it was created the same way low writing was created. So it was it was created by the things that that we could afford. Yes, definitely. It was created definitely. by the things that you know, um, you know, weren't you know nobody else wanted. Like when I think about the wino shoes, and I think right. about the dicky pants. Right. It, it was work clothes. We could afford it. It was long lasting, where we can you right. know pass down Efficient. to our 
So how do you how do you see it? How do you feel when they when they call it? You know, like let me game? add let me add something to Dickies. Go for it. Go for it. We were the store that brought Dickies to California, nineteen forty four. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but and and World you, War Two, nineteen forties also shaped uh, cholo gangster uh, looks. Uh, with the uh, military creasing uh, khakis were very much of a military kind of looking uh, pants and shirt uh, so a lot of uh, ex-soldiers ex, uh, uh, ended up uh, shaping the look of this I like that point that you just made because I've, I've never thought about it until now the way you, you said it the khakis, the nice clean white shirt, or the mm-hmm. slingshot shirt. You're right; it is very military. Well, mm-hmm. I never, I never even thought about it that way. I've never even seen it that way. Because what I think is like it evolved from the zoot suit, but the zoot suit was more of a dress kind of a more like a dress look. Yes. Um, where where this this cholo, this Chicano cholo look was was yeah. I see the I see the military influence on it. Now in the seventies, there was a big differentiation. A uh, big difference uh, made uh, in individuals of whether their look was more cholo or pachuco. It blended uh, basically around the time of uh, the play Zoot Suit, mm. uh, but it um, it overlapped a lot. But it it's it's a little different in uh, people's self image and thoughts uh, so- uh, back in the days. So when the play Zoot Suit came out, did you see more, um, you know, did you see more of like of the culture kind of leaning towards that 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 nicer kind of uh, dress clothing Zoot Suit? And then because I really was a tidal wave. Yeah, it was a tidal wave, huh? It was it 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 was uh, what? uh, Yeah, it was the the way to to dress up and be distinctive and uh, uh, with. uh, Ricky Ricardo kind of old timers and uh, uh, yeah, so the pleated pants, the uh, sort of guy uh, dressy shirts, the uh, 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 Imperials, the uh, Stacy Adams, uh, the uh, vests, <laughs> maybe the the tongo hats, yeah. right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. All classic styles. Yes. And I feel like, and I feel like it was two kind of subcultures of the same culture where the dress look was like the more the zoot suit after after the play came out, and then you had like the the more street cholo look, crease dickies uh, or khakis with a Pendleton buttoned up, right? With maybe like a nice uh, coat. Remember Bonnaroo? Yeah, yeah. So before it was a concert, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. it was a, a term for basically dressing every day with uh, uh, old-timer pants creased or Dickies creased, uh, uh, Stacy Adams uh, shined. That was the that was like the name for it. Yes. Oh wow, Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. It's almost a, a word that has no meaning and has isn't spoken, but. Uh, it was a dress style, um, you know, suited and booted, uh, uh, dressed to impress, cheat up. Uh, Here you go. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there were people dressing this way every day. 
Evan, you mentioned the play Zoot Suit uh, with uh, with Edward James almost. Um, and um, I wanted to ask you, and I just thought about this. Did, was there a certain movie that came out that you saw a wave of people kind of coming in and looking for this style? Was there anything like that? That you're like, okay, that, that picked up a lot of popularity and we're starting to get more orders or people in here or, or, or even specifically saying, oh, you know, you guys dressed Blood In, Blood Out, Boulevard Nights, a, mu- a certain music video maybe? No. No. Okay. It, it's funny. Uh, we have, as you saw, multi-generational customers. We have people shopping with us since we were families uh, back from uh, Watts. Uh, so we have our core customers. Uh, and that's what has continued the business. We've had... Uh, uh, things bring us uh, attention and we'll bring on more customers in a wave of of people saying, oh, this is new and different. Uh, but the more... In the 1990s, there was uh, swing dancing came in. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, people wanted uh, styles of the 1940s. Mm-hmm. The suits who look, right? It yeah. seemed a little more zoot suit, 40s swing, right? Right. Okay. And so we had uh, 40s clothes and 40s style clothes, and we did business with it. Then it became popular, and, and every mall and department store uh, had that look, and people didn't have to drive 50 miles to shop with us. So, uh, uh, so if anything, we lost business from notoriety of a look mm, okay. uh, and popularity. So also we're not able to make things if people aren't coming to us. We make a hundred things here, classic original that no one else in the world has, OG, Cholo, uh, Pachuco uh, flavored stuff. Uh, and that's because people are coming to us and, and they will, they like it or they'll buy it. Uh, but if nobody's traveling more than five miles to, to shop with us, uh, we can't make thousands of something that we need to do to make something of custom or many hundreds or re- retro engineer something like uh in the lowrider world, uh, there's certain parts and certain accessories that aren't made, and they're looking for things to be authentically reproduced. They're, it's a development process. You have to make a mold. You have to have samples. You have to okay it. It's not easy, and it's not cheap, but to get it right, you, you just got to do these things and this is what we do, and uh, that if all of a sudden OG Cholo was in every hot topic, uh, that could put us out of business. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I see, you know, I know the community work that you've done, even with the Zelia Car Show, and, and I, I, you know, this is the first time me even hearing that Southgate had an issue with you guys, which is you know, ridiculous for me to even hear that you guys are such a staple. 
um, in Southern California. But I've also picked up some some stuff that you've collaborated with artists with mm-hmm. uh, artists of color, mm-hmm. and even that specifically is is you know is is a big thing because a lot of these artists aren't being featured anywhere else. But you've gotten shirts with them; they've they've designed and you highlight their work, which is which is awesome, which is really cool. Um, and then there there's um, this this love hate thing that I have with Pendleton and I'll tell you why even <laughs> even as a native person there's a love hate thing mm-hmm. I have with Pendleton because Pendleton I feel that and I don't know the numbers I who you know but I know that the Chicano culture and he, the native culture have really taken and adopted Pendleton in so many different levels but when I see what Pendleton um highlights or features it's never our culture which is interesting to me. Have you ever thought about any of that stuff? I've had conversations with yeah. uh, executives at Pendleton's about that. What 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 what, what was the outcome or what was that like? Um, Are they okay that you're selling the cholos? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that 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 there, uh, it was. We had a 90th anniversary party uh, here, a uh, block party on the on the alongside the store. And we had a 90th anniversary. Uh, Pendleton uh, debuted uh, for that uh, collaboration double label with Pendleton. And actually, it's it's on their blog. Uh, they took pictures of the event. And I think it was very eye-opening for them to see who was wearing their, their clothing up close. Mm-hmm. But and, 90 years later, though, you know what I mean? Like... Or maybe not 90 years, but what, you know, 60 years later that Chicanos have been sporting Pendleton's, have loved Pendleton's, appreciate them, you know, hold them in high regards. It's always like, hey, if we'll get away, you're going to mess up my Pendleton, right? It's always very like, hey, this is my Pendleton, you know, it's very high regarded. So for me, it's 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 almost bullshit to see like, so you're telling me you never noticed us, you know, Pendleton, you're telling us you never noticed us. And I'm not saying, hey give us all free Pendleton's. All I'm saying is like, I've never seen it. Maybe you have, you've been in this business. I've never seen them um, appreciate us as customers almost. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Well, the, uh, uh, the uh, Street Low Magazine uh, did an article um, showing uh, this, uh, the Latino roots of the appreciation of Pendleton uh, and the Native American roots uh, of uh, uh, the appreciation of Pendleton in an article. And we gave that to the Pendleton, you know, executives. And that was an opening for them. They are up in, in... in Portland, they're they're removed. They don't really see this, but it's been explained to them as much as is possible. But the bottom, so I was able to talk to one of the family member owners to the point where he understood that 
in their advertisement, their Southern California uh, Latino people of color, blue collar workers would appreciate seeing themselves in their uh, uh, promotions. Yeah. And I, I phrased it in a way that it would be very low budget for a, a corporation their their size, and uh, it was understood. And they this person asked me for a name of somebody who could coordinate it. Mm -hmm. But the kicker is that Pendleton spends zero on advertising. <laughs> and this was not going to cost zero. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I put something together that would be maybe $10,000 yeah. for them, but it's maybe $10,000 more than they, they were spend. looking yeah. to spend. Well, I want to thank you for being that bridge, you know, being that's that bridge. That's what we've yeah. done. <clears throat> yeah, that's really good. I mean, that is that is who we are. We understand uh the, the culture and the sensibilities of our customer and we understand the culture and the sensibilities of uh, the suppliers that we uh, uh, deal with. Um, you know, it took a while for Dickies to uh, relate to uh, its uh, constituency. It took uh, a while for Harley-Davidson to relate to this their constituency. Yeah. The, the the kicker is that I wanted Pendleton to create images that express it. Their customers, you know. But yeah. we do it. I mean that's yeah, how right, I've, right, right. Yeah. That's how I've seen it. Yeah, is that's that good. Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah. Good. Is, no, I mean for if you look at our uh uh photography over mm -hmm. the last um, 16 years mm -hmm. we have been doing this for Pendleton and they appreciate it they took our photography and put it into uh, a binder and said this is your constituency mm -hmm. this is who you're selling to yeah this is uh, so they're they're aware but they they have on Instagram People tag my Pendleton, mm -hmm. and they have beautiful photography of dogs in you know, Pendleton, you know, bandanas and mm -hmm. blankets and, and, and towels blankets and, uh -huh. and right. talented, talented people uh, are doing uh, photographic works and uh, hashtagging Pendleton in it for free. So, yeah, so, uh, uh, so they're, so they're at the place where they understand and they're sensitive and they're actually appreciative of their constituency as a corporation that they have to sort of, everyone can salute, they just don't have a corporate means of expressing that. 
Yeah, I, I suggested uh, Estevan Oriel as a person mm-hmm, definitely. who could competently do that. Yeah, but definitely. Estevan works for big corporations, and mm-hmm. he's the top of his game, and yeah. he will not undervalue his uh, work, even for Pendleton. Yeah, definitely. And and um, mentioning Estevan, I saw the some of the behind the scenes for the Cypress Hill documentary mm-hmm. in here. Some of that it was really cool to see that. Um, you mentioned um, kind of like the um, the the cholo aesthetic, the the cholo look, and it's not just. I wanted to say it's not. It doesn't stop there. You mentioned it earlier. You said like Southern California, um, so it's uh, you know the black um, the black um, gangster look, and even the how that subculture of Chicanos went into even the skate surf culture. And I know that I talked to you about earlier collaborations you've done even with skate companies and surf companies and stuff. So, I mean, it's, you're right. Uh, we are the ones that highlight it. We are the ones, and, and it's so cool to see a store like yours, a family run small business to do these collaborations with even like Santa Monica airlines and, and these like skate surf ones. Um, and, and, and we talked a little bit about the, is there an appropriation of the look, you know, and, and we talked about other parts of the world dressing like the look, like you said, G'd up. Right. And Mm -hmm. and it's all, and it is, how do you feel about that? Or what do you, what do you see with that, Evan? I mean, because, you guys have been doing it for so long. You guys been dressing cholos forever. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 when, over the years, really the Pendleton started off as an Anglo look that I think uh, sort of crossed over with uh, uh, beach community uh, Latinos and then uh, more uh, inland uh, uh, Latinos and uh Gangster. Now, in Southgate... So maybe it was a Venice thing. look, huh? Well, see, Venice is one of the places where uh, surf and skate yeah, and lowrider right? and cholo all meshed together. Good point. I, uh, th- that Dogtown, uh, Skip Engblom was c- coming to us and the people from uh, uh, Dogtown uh, uh, back in, uh, uh, I guess, uh, seven. 80s, 70s, 80s. Um, but yeah, it uh, um, uh, it all meshed there. But in, in the 90s, uh, the uh, Orange County skate punk uh, went into the look heavy with the Charlie Browns and the Pendletons and the, the Khakis. Uh, Bands like Manic Hispanic. Yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely, and uh, Mike Muir. Uh, oh, suicidal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Continue, and like suicidal uh, tendencies, uh, uh, you know, brought that in, and it mm-hmm. uh, it flowed through a lot of different uh, communities, uh, and uh, um, a lot of the uh, 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 custom culture, uh, hot rod, uh, custom cars. Uh, uh, rat rod, uh, you know, vibe with this look and wear some of the same things. Uh, that's uh, what we've seen in the store that we get mm-hmm. a lot of people who wouldn't 
want to go to each other's car shows, mm-hmm. but when they show up in the, in the in the store, they, they relate the same. Yes, they they relate <laughs> to their the clothing taste, and Shit. they can talk about their cars and appreciate. The brown experience is something Japanese can relate to. You're saying yes. Okay, uh-huh. of being different from the mainstream, because in Japanese culture there really isn't that option. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Uh, uh, so the Chicano culture in Japan is for that reason. And on the flip side of it, uh, Korea as a uh, colony of Japan uh, t- brought in a lot of Korean uh, um, s- slaves, workers to mainland Japan who have become in a sense, part of a Japanese culture, but uh, definitely excluded uh, in, you know, your ancestry is very important to your status in Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and the status of that uh, ancestry. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the people we deal with uh, are Korean uh, ancestry. Okay. And they uh, are alienated from uh, upward mobility within uh, Japanese culture, mm-hmm. even yeah. though they, you know, yeah. blend in uh, in in other ways. So uh, um, I just found that interesting, and just more than just straight out of cultural appropriation. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, and here in the United um my father used to say uh, that uh, clothing is your outer skin. You, know, you can't wear someone else's skin. So, I mean, if, 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 if it's how you, you feel, I mean, it's how you feel. But, I mean, you, you take someone like Elvis, who is, uh, uh, you know, poster boy of cultural appropriation... But what happens if you grow up in Tupelo and you just your friends are are black and you mm-hmm. appreciate appreciate that culture and respect it? Not appreciate it. You're, it's yours. It's, right, right. That's all you know. It's all you know. It's yeah. what it's what you're comfortable with. Right. And then you uh, uh, show that in a uh, a public commercial uh, musical thing. Right. All of a sudden, it, because of the shadier skin, it's cultural appropriation. Uh, uh. My kids uh, grew up black. It was the neighborhood uh, uh, that that they were in. It was their friends. It was their peers, and we didn't like. We, you know, we didn't send them to private schools, and we didn't uh, shield them. It was, you know, that was. The reality. That was their reality and what they were comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, My daughter would wag her head back and forth when she was insistent about something Mm -hmm. uh, at that time in their life. And uh, and, uh, and that was just their reality. It was a cultural appropriation. So, So, Evan, can people... 
dress, the look, the G'd up look, and not be uh, appropriating the cholo, the cholo style. Okay, we had one artist uh, who sent in their designer uh, to uh, give them East LA cholo style. Um, he was in a boy band in England. Uh, uh, Williams, Williams. Robbie Williams. Uh, Robbie Williams. Uh-huh. That was cultural appropriation. <laughs> because why? Because he sent his stylist in, and he said, "Because uh, he sent his stylist in." Maybe with that, cholo. That, that's uh-huh. the look he wanted. And, <laughs> and the funniest thing was, is he wanted. We we made them uh, uh, double suit chains down to the ankle, and when the uh, uh, wardrobe uh, found out it wasn't solid gold. Uh, they didn't. They 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 left it. Oh but wow! Imagine how heavy a solid gold zoo chain would be. <laughs> so I I like to hear what you're saying about this. You know, I like to hear your perspective on it. There's someone who's been, who's been in this lifestyle. Because I, I I for me now it's not even like obviously it's a business, mm-hmm. but uh, but more it's been it's you've you've your family has earned their place in this lifestyle you know what i mean and this mm-hmm. look um yeah and i've seen you at the shows and i've mm-hmm. seen the booth at the show and i've mm-hmm. seen you featured in lowrider magazine and all these other places and then again the community itself it's sacred space mm-hmm. um azalea is a big show mm-hmm. you know here in southgate and i've been to it as just like uh what is that like a um just a viewer of all, all, you know, since I can remember, it's mm-hmm. been going on for so long. I've had my cars in there, you know, mm-hmm. nice. um, I, there was a time recently that, you know, that we were, it wasn't able to happen because of the pandemic. And I know it's come back. What does that show mean to you, to your family, to this place? Well, it means a lot to me because uh, the car show was uh, happening in the eighties, nineties, early two thousand. And uh, then it be had some problems, and police were needed to uh, intervene in in these problems. Uh, and then back in not to, no gang fights though, right? No gang fights, no. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, uh, city, the uh, Southgate Chamber of Commerce, came to me and wanted me to bring back uh, the Azalea uh, car show to uh, 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 be a, a, a show that would uh, 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 people would come back to. Okay. And I saw in my store many different styles of cars owners coming in with the same taste in clothes or similar they both you know had uh issues with building their cars and they can talk to each other they could relate and i saw that uh the hot rod and the uh low rider who at that time were never having shows together mm-hmm. uh came together for the show together for this show yeah. uh yeah uh, and it worked, and they related, and it was a chill afternoon. And uh, uh, and then I saw that uh, uh, 
happening since then over and over and over. Uh, and it's, um, but at the time, uh, the city didn't want lowriders coming to the show. Okay. They wouldn't put the word car onto the flyer. Really? They, they called it a hot rod show. They called it a hot rod show. Fuckers. When was this? When was 2010. This? They really didn't want the lowriders here, huh? And I was told. And you know how crazy it is, Evan? Sorry. You know how crazy it is? Because it's a highly regarded show. Yes. Yes. In the lowrider community. It is community. crazy. Of course it's crazy. Yes, it is. It is. It's a legendary show. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, I uh, was told uh, uh, no lowriders. And I... The city told you that. The city told me that. So I just invited them anyway and uh, uh, <laughs> there were no lowriders they wanted to prove it you know uh, a flyer with lowriders and what was it. their beef that they had to have oh, police no out beef. there you know what was their issue you know well their, their issue was that they were afraid yeah and uh, just like uh, uh, there was uh, an, an event that happened and it went south uh uh and uh, it was... Yeah, but were... that can happen at the carnival, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that can happen at the Southgate Carnival. That can happen well, at the... Well, there are things you you do to minimize that. You you have a family event. You, you invite uh, car clubs that are respectful that will be part of a, a family mm -hmm. uh, event. Mm -hmm. uh, there was alcohol that can sort of make things uh, a little different, uh, and uh, and there was internal politics at the time in the Southgate that were uh, where people wanted uh, the show uh, to fail. Mm. Wow! Uh, wow! And uh, so I figured if. I'm there inviting the people I know from the store. Uh, it was an invitation-only event. Okay, okay. And uh, um, that it'll be a, a good time for the community and for the city of Southgate and for the, the people who attend. How long's that show been going on now? Uh, it's been going on uh, every year. Uh, uh, from uh, uh, 2010 like that mm -hmm. uh, and it uh, stopped for uh, 2020 and 21 for pandemic yeah and it just got a late start uh, 2022 and right managed to be yeah a I saw nice that it event. came back yeah all right good what's next for greenspans you gonna do some more collaborating or are you doing any like um, anniversary stuff or special edition or i mean what's next for greenspan Devin? we're always doing whatever we we can do we don't go out looking for collaborations everyone that's collaborated with us has come to us uh the artists uh were our customers who uh, uh, felt the store meant was something special to them and they did something from the their heart that represented us and uh uh so uh, uh, coming out of pandemic, there's supply chain issues that are making things difficult to to do. But uh, we're uh, working on a, a, a 
styles are a uh, are, are sort of heavier weight uh, uh, zoot pants, uh, uh, old time style called uh, redliners. Uh, we're uh, uh, looking uh, to do bring in things that we haven't been able to bring in because of the pandemic supply chain. Again, uh, we're uh, uh, there. Ben Davis is basically out of Ben Davis, and we have a store full of it because whenever we're able to get any, we we fill in. So hopefully, for the future, we uh, uh, we can get back to the levels uh, we were at uh, two thousand nineteen. That's that's it for the, and that's something because. Most stores and most companies don't have inventory even still. Yeah. Okay. What? Um, <clears throat> where can they find you? You know, I have listeners all over. So where? What's the best way to get a hold of you guys and check on your inventory? Check on your, um, you know, what you guys have in store. Um, because I know I come here basically and I recommend the place, not Thank only you. for Pendleton's. Honestly, not only, but I say when somebody's like, "Hey, remember those old school V-neck sweaters." Or remember mm-hmm. winos and where can I find them? I'm always like, all right, like Ice Cube. <laughs> Go to Greenspans. <laughs> Go to Greenspans. What, what's Appreciate the best way to... That. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we we do have a, a lot of things in the store. We have the world's biggest selection of Pendleton's. Uh, uh, but we're not able to put everything on a website. We do have a website that has many hundreds items, but we have many thousands in the store. So it's best if you can make it to the store uh, 3405 Tweedy Boulevard uh, in Southgate, California. Uh, we do have a uh, website that uh, we're going to be improving and expanding, uh, uh, which is uh, greenspans.com, G-R-E-E-N-S-P-A-N-S.com, and greenspanstore.com. And uh, uh, we uh, uh, have inventory there. It's 95% accurate, so feel free to call just in case. And it shows uh, the major things that are hard to find that people are looking for. Plus, we have you know, thousands of other things where uh, a store piled to the ceiling. Uh, no tennis shoes, no T-shirts, no underwear anymore. So... We're specializing in things that people don't find in their communities anymore. You know what? I, I think it's like, I like calling in. Everybody's really gracious. Mm-hmm. Everybody's really nice. And, and they'll tell me right away, like, yeah, come on in. We got that, you know. Um, and, I, and I just thought about this, too. It's almost like a museum for me. <laughs> it's almost like a trip to the museum, especially with the storefront windows and what's in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I come in and I see, like, the car plaques, the car clip the pictures, mm-hmm. the stickers. It's like a freaking museum for me. So thank you nice. for your time, Evan. Thank Glad you for to. holding it down over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for the shows. We we'll we look do. out. I want to recommend the Instagram page. I, I'm always on that too, checking out your guys' posts and and you know, uh, and it's it's a OG good time. OG Greenspans. OG Greenspans. Yeah, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Stop.